Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Danny, it's been a while. Not that there's a ton to discuss quite yet, but uh, we do have some news to get to. Where do you want to start? Portland, where Damian Lillard agreed to his extension. And I also think there's some potential intrigue, though it's too early to get really definitive on it, because the reporting that's been out there is describing this contract as two, the extension as two years, $120 million. And if that number sounds like a lot, it, it it's because it is. And Lillard can't get that much through the kind of the normal channels of, you know, like the if you're at your if you're at the max, you can only do a five percent in the first new season um, instead of the eight percent and the twenty percent raise that you can do on an extension. That's just you know it's how all the maxes interplay with each other. So what that two for one twenty is built on is that the first year of it is twenty twenty five twenty six. That this idea that the television money will increase the salary cap so much that Damian Lillard's normal raise would be less than the thirty five percent max threshold in that twenty five twenty six year. So he's opting in to 24-25? I believe so, yes. Because the years that have been mentioned as the two new years in the extension are 25-26 and 26-27. And that makes sense. Like, it was the same situation with Harden if he was trying to maximize his money. Right, and that's the most years he could go out. So he might as well opt into that player option. You might say, well, why would he do that? Why wouldn't he get the most that he possibly could by opting out? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. The main one is that the cap will probably be going up in 25-26, as you mentioned. So you can build that new contract on top of the old one and not just be limited, right? If he opts out of that 48 million, he actually probably, unless the cap really goes crazy over the next few years which had less reason to do before the new tv deal then he actually would have to take a little bit less than he would in that option season now you can go up to 120 percent of that last option season and add two more years on as well that's the most that he could do right now you can only go out for five years on an extension and that includes the current year that you are in so as soon as the league year flipped over and he got past the three-year anniversary of signing his last supermax extension in 2019 he was eligible to sign this one and if the cap does go up by enough that the 35 percent max is 60 million at least you're not in a situation as portland i'm looking on the bright side here we'll, we'll get to the non-bright side momentarily you do at least get to only have to be paying 35 percent of the cap as opposed to like when these were going up so much more due to the pandemic than the cap was when you had 80 percent raises every year and guys were getting way ahead of what the individual maximum salary was in a given year and now with the cap going back up again that's no longer the case even for these next few years with lillard and then once you get into that 25-26 season, then it's going to really go up and it'll be based on essentially whatever the league and union end up uh, agreeing on as far as smoothing and once we see what the new TV deal is. What do you think of this? From a rigid, analytical, non-emotional standpoint, I think this is going to be a problem for the Blazers at some point if the goal is to have a competitive team. These are, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm reasonably confident that I'm right, Damian Lillard's age 35 and 36 seasons. And while Lillard is a little bit bigger than the smallest point guards, he's listed at 6'2", and you, you wonder about how he's going to age or basically how anybody you know is, is going to go during those years. We talked during the NBA Finals about how Steph Curry's performance at his age is has very little precedent in like really in, in the NBA in NBA history. And while Damian Lillard has never been the best player in a championship team, and odds are that's not going to happen at this juncture, he'll be older when this con when this extension kicks in than Steph Curry is right now. And I, so you know, age is definitely a component, and you have these precedents before. But another thing that I was reminded of in this announcement, and presumably these negotiations, is the collective bargaining. And this is owners and players, you know, deciding this. I think of it as the player side that 
only other than supermaxes, players with 10 plus years of experience can get the 35% max because those players are almost all post prime. And unlike in baseball, where you can do these long contracts and you're paying players, you know, a lot of money in years that they aren't as good, those are like often those like 10 year contracts or something like that, where you're getting maybe their pre prime, prime, and post prime years. This is a commitment to post prime Damian Lillard. Yeah, and there's maybe some hope because he is one of the best shooters at the point guard position that we've seen although he doesn't have quite the size of some of these other guys i mean chris paul certainly has been worth 35 percent of the salary gap for this contract although it certainly didn't look that way many others point guards have already found themselves not worth it and they're younger than or the same age as lillard right now now i would certainly have some concern as portland based on the fact that lillard didn't have a great year last year and yeah he had the surgery but that's always a tough calculation how much of it is all right the guy's injured and now he's not injured anymore and how much is it well he's also getting a year older you've seen how well steph curry has played at age 34 but that is a historical aberration for him to be that good but that also gets into this idea of just having damian lillard be a part of the blazers and his comments were mostly and retire as a player blazer obviously his comments were mostly in service of that here's what he said i've always said that if i do something that goes against who i am and say i do end up winning i know me better than any of y'all know me this is talking about potentially leaving portland and winning a championship elsewhere so i'd be happy with it because i don't think anybody wouldn't be happy being a champion but it wouldn't be as fulfilling to me as i would want that moment to be as long as i have an opportunity opportunity to do it a good opportunity to compete for a title is what he's talking about here i'm willing to go out however that's where i've always stood and that's where i stand it's going to get done or it's not going to get done i don't want to go out there with this crazy uphill battle that i'm fighting and we need a miracle times 10 to get it done i just want a shot at it and if that happens and it doesn't work out then i can live with that my concern is that you may still get to the point where you do need a miracle times 10 they arguably are there already and they got a miracle times like three to even get to the west finals in 2019 and then they got completely erased by a warriors team that wasn't even close to full strength so i you know i think they made some decent offseason moves they'll probably be in the play-in mix maybe they could make it into the top six this year but i don't think anyone sees how they could possibly be a championship contender going forward here nor is it realistic to expect that a team with damian lillard as its best player unless they had a superlative supporting cast would in fact be in championship contention i guess the question becomes i don't think that if they want to trade him in the next couple of years that this will prohibit that would you agree with that i do agree with that especially with some of the precedent that we have of these players who are currently very good and having negative out years on their contract being tradable so i do think that's the case it wouldn't take an absolute ton for that to shift but it would take something significant and lillard phrasing everything in terms of a championship i think strikes a little different because that isn't even like that's a, a threshold that shifts year by year depending on the surrounding talent but it's a high bar it's not even like no and 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 i know that championships are an easy shorthand for a lot of other things and maybe it's like being relevant being in the mix but like i i would argue that the portland trailblazers as long as davian lillard has been there it maybe hasn't been you know like a miracle times 10 but they haven't been a high-end or even a middle-end championship contender at all and to get there from where they are now even if you're a little more optimistic on it would require massive internal improvement presumably that comes from side Simon's Shaden Sharp are both, but this is, and I like this year a little quite a bit, but the idea that there is this young group that is going to elevate and kind of push the, push the next generation, it is possible, it is plausible, but I don't think it's likely. So the other problem the Blazers might run into, and because you would say, really, the Blazers should be the one wanting the divorce, maybe more so than Lillard, and I'm not going to call this Wizards West, because I think Damian Lillard has been a substantially better player than Bradley Beal there, both in the 2012 draft interestingly enough and you know Damian Lillard has been the second best point guard in basketball at times and made some first team all I think he made one first team all the NBA and has been a spectacular player he's a guy where I would say he's good enough where there is some value to have him retire five years from now as Mr. Blazer I do wonder other than just keeping him happy there 
really is no other basketball reason to do this move though i think is that fair to say i think that's fair to say especially when you consider that the rising cap would make this deal less painful but not great you know like that's the and lillard's play is the only thing that could make this a lot better and and also here's the other thing too danny they could have just like all right let's see how he looks this year you know like they could have done this at any well no i'm sorry that's not true they he's only they could only do this in the off season yeah so so but this contract doesn't start until 2025 yeah and you do secure him for two more years because he could have opted out he had to opt into that one to the 24 25 season and then also may opt into that the last year of this one but we said that about the previous extension as well we were kind of critical even of that supermax even though that was kind of the here's what you do he's only played danny one year on the last supermax that he signed he still has three years left one of them's a player option on the one that he signed in 2019 that's kind of the crazy part about this so i mean i would be doing things differently as the blazers i would have traded him i think it's defensible to bring him back i don't think this kills his trade value but this isn't a move at least you know at least while the while jody allen owns the team it seems like this is the direction they're going but if they wanted to go in another direction as long as he plays reasonably well this year i don't think this would preclude a potential trade necessarily but this is just kind of one of these why are they doing this now like it really with two years left it just didn't need to be done and like you know he's he's kind of made some noise last year about how he wasn't happy and Woj correctly reported that it was kind of this whole firing of Olshay and all that like this is all about getting Lillard to sign on for longer and he was going to want this extension and now he got it also giving him the player option I think is a little excessive can we say but but I will say Danny we're probably and maybe it's not fair because again we're only one year into the four-year extension that he signed but we were very worried about the one in 2019 it looks like it's okay so far but again let's if he just comes back and he's like kind of a lower end all-star next year and really is on the wane and that's entirely possible even coming off of this surgery this is be his age 32 season and he is more reliant on quickness than say chris paul or steph curry this could go south fast let's hope it doesn't um on the blazers front a couple other things from a cap perspective they ended up not only i mean i think we talked about this previously that they waived eric bledsoe i thought they were going to find a trade partner even though there were very few left but they did stretch bledsoe's partial guarantee and so that means it will be over three years rather than one so that gets them a little more breathing room maybe more in terms of either ducking the tax or mitigating you know lessening the tax bill at least for this year yeah and you wondered why it was that they couldn't move him we talked about that last time maybe they just didn't want to do it maybe they're okay paying the tax although given how close they are to it it really doesn't make much financial sense given the windfall that's going to come from all these other tax teams to be in the tax this year and they are hard cap so they can't go that far into it anyway because of the Peyton signing and then sadly Shaden Sharp has a small labral tear in his left shoulder he suffered that after four minutes we were very excited to see him play and then he was on the bench almost immediately on Thursday night so he's going to miss the rest of summer league and hopefully this won't be anything serious it sounds like the sort of thing that can just be improved with plenty of rehab man I just love American Giant, just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the all-star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing. But the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm it's not too hot as well so i was able to wear it in the car not be too hot step out of the car and still be warm enough when i was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that i didn't feel like i needed my jacket even when it was cold outside and things are amazingly durable i proposed to my wife wearing an american giant hoodie in the grand canyon almost seven years ago i still own that same hoodie i still wear it constantly and american giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout you remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us 
Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code CAPSPACE. Use the CAPSPACE. We talk about all the time here on the program. You get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that CAPSPACE code to let them know that you came from us. In San Antonio, they finally moved on from Danilo Gallinari. He ended up with $13 million guaranteed. That was able to happen after the trade was consummated on July 6th for DeJounte Murray. So Gallo continuing to win at the business of the NBA. Remember, he got that sign-in trade to the Clippers. Then he got another $20 million a year deal with the last year, only $5 million guaranteed in Atlanta. And then, like Danny Green, he got a bunch guaranteed. And I think, Danny, didn't they give him more? than they actually needed to make the salary work or because Atlanta's in the tax maybe they had to get it, up I, I think I think they might have needed that to make the tax to make the money work and then Gallinari as was reported long before he was actually waived we've seen that a couple of times this year he is going to be a Boston Celtic on a one plus one yeah I don't think it was necessarily reported that it was going to be a, a one plus one uh, yeah we, we just knew he was going to sign and then the terms came out after he got waived a couple of quick ones here Frank Kaminsky is going to Atlanta on a one-year deal remember he basically missed a bunch of that last season with that knee issue unclear whether this one is going to be guaranteed or not i I guess we'll see on that one in brooklyn tj warren is going to be the minimum they also signed edmund sumner to a two-year deal vet minimum non-guaranteed for next year which i assume is from mike scotto means that this year is guaranteed sumner actually got traded to the nets right but then they waived him because he had a torn achilles and he was non-guaranteed that is correct yeah yeah, Indiana traded him to Brooklyn in October of 21, and then they waived him almost immediately after the trade was done. And with Sumner, I mean, so the benefit for Brooklyn, because we'll, we'll talk about this a few times when it comes up, of the benefit for Brooklyn of giving Sumner a second year is that, and, and it's less prevalent for somebody like him who hasn't been in the league that long, but the benefit is you get, you know, potentially a valuable player and you get all the control on it. You know, it's a non-guarantee, so you would have to theoretically waive him and like, you know, do all that. But you're not you can't decline it and, and do a new deal off of it. But they would only have non-bird. But it does come at the cost that now none of his contract is subsidized from the league in terms of the cap or the tax. And so that does make Sumner more expensive for Brooklyn than he would have been otherwise. Yeah, and the Nets have actually been spending quite a bit. They didn't use right. the mid-level, but they re-signed Patty Mills for more than the mid-level on another one plus one, although perhaps that was part of the deal when they signed him to the original one plus one last year. This will be an interesting one to watch. David Duke, who played well in his first summer league game, I haven't caught up on what he did in the second one. He is rejecting coming back on another two-way the way Nemius Keita did with Sacramento. He was on a two-way last year. He even got some tick in the rotation when Steve Nash was kind of experimenting. Um, he is a rugged defensive guard. If he can improve his shot, he might even be able to help them this year. But he wants to be on their roster this season. And they have restricted rights on him. All they have to offer him is, after his first year, on a two-way is another sorry two-way so he doesn't really have much leverage other than just not reporting but the Nets do have space uh, for him even after re-signing Kessler Edwards but I think they kind of want to just wait and see how the KD thing shakes out and, and perhaps 
he'll come back then also worth noting uh, as well that the nets traded when you're talking about salary they traded for royce o'neill which was just 9.2 million dollars into a trade exception so they really juiced up uh, their luxury tax payments so far this year and then brian windhorst report on this there's been plenty of reporting that the nets thought there'd be this big bidding war on kd but there just really isn't one yet i mean and just having a few conversations around summer league it seems like the offers that have come in danny are not necessarily offers that i would take either if i were sean marks at the moment so maybe we're headed into this next inflection point will be training camp and whether kd in fact reports and presumably he'll report just to get paid but is he gonna play in preseason is he gonna get some hamstring issue what's gonna happen with Kyrie? because supposedly Kyrie, they're not gonna do that until kd is settled as well and if they hold on to kd they want to hold on to Kyrie also so it's it does seem like and maybe something will shake loose with the, everyone hanging out at, at summer league right now but it seems like we might be headed towards training camp and if you are going to trade for kd it'd be nice to get him in training camp i i guess but probably more nice to just get him for a a cheaper offer but we'll see i'm very interested to know what kd's thinking is uh, about all this uh, at this point in time and we've gotten little intel on that kd's thinking and then of course we did a whole podcast on this front with the great dan feldman but what do the nets prioritize in return because i don't think a team has the great draft war chest we've talked about why brooklyn might not want to go that direction but then establishing like the right value for a team to simultaneously acquire durant and still be a championship level contender with him which is a big part of the idea behind getting him you're threading a pretty narrow needle there and so i understand and if teams you know they're concerned by the age or they just think we're not going to be good enough over the next two years with what it would take like these are hard deals to get done and they're even harder in some ways they're at least different if the team is looking for more present value than future value because you can't do for example what the bucks did for true holiday yeah and so something is going to have to change here obviously i think the nets were hoping that what would bump up the offers were all these teams bidding against each other and that hasn't necessarily happened so it seems like the and they don't he wants to be in phoenix they don't particularly want this package this Aiton thing has to work out also there have been rumors rampant that indiana is going to potentially give an offer sheet once that trade went down that hasn't happened yet the brogdon trade and they would actually need to make a little room too to give him his max as well and also there's supposedly herb simon is not into giving a offer sheets as we saw with brogdon so what's gonna have to change here is it gonna be kd just taking away this option of oh yeah you can actually you think you can hold on to me sean marks like oh no actually you can't so the nets are like fuck now our leverage is really reduced we've seen daryl morey his plan of holding on to ben simmons ended up working although very lucky that it did because who knows what would have happened at the deadline had this whole hardened thing not emerged I mean, maybe, I mean, the Nets could still be pretty good, right? Like TJ Warren comes in, he's healthy. And, you know, Ben Simmons actually is out there on the floor. Like just looking at this team on paper, they're still missing a stretch five, but like they're right up there. Like they're in championship contention, I would say, if everyone like comes in and plays hard. So uh, something's going to have to change here. And I don't see what's going to cause before training camp, any of these teams to up their offers necessarily. Maybe the Aiton thing shaking out and, and if he just ends up on another team or Phoenix just matches or re-signs him and then he can't be traded for a while, like maybe that would change things. Well, and I mean, another point, and this came up when we did the thing, when we did the pod with Feldman, is the desired destinations just don't have this incredible offer that they can make, especially if the Nets aren't super interested in Aiton. And so, like we've talked about paying him at his max or close to it is not, that's not like a coup for Brooklyn. And so, you know, Bridges and Johnson and the, the package that he can offer they're they're reasonable for for a very good player but you can't I, I don't know how far you can up the ante with them and then the other teams some some probably are taking themselves off the board but other ones are they really going to throw everything in especially if they're not sure he's interested a few other contract notes uh, around here zach levine got a player option on his 30 percent max that's a, not a huge surprise john morant however did not get a player option he does have a 15 percent trade bonus but that is even if jaw uh, this is just bad negotiating by him like yeah maybe uh, and, and 
and his agent like okay you love memphis you want to send a message that memphis is your home like that's what he tweeted but even if you plan to stay in memphis the rest of your career you should and particularly because let's look at the timing here right the this deal does not kick in until next year and then it goes five years after that so there's three years of this contract that are going to be after the new tv deal that he's going to be stuck on and also danny what if he just doesn't make all nba next year and so he's going to be stuck on the 25 percent max and potentially and for three years after the cap goes up and sure he could do a, a super max extension but now he'll be unable to do that until a year later than he would have because there is no player option there so it's just a really bad that's fine if you want to stay in memphis the rest of your career okay you could do that like was was memphis like oh hey you've been injured some like we're not going to give you the player option and he's like okay no that, that would be ridiculous so he's really you know all right if he gets the 30 percent max this isn't like a total disaster for a business perspective but if you get to 25 percent max and then also the other thing too is like he's plays kind of a destructive style he's relying on athleticism to be able to get that super max or just even a regular extension a year earlier and two years before the end of your contract like that that's big like that would be huge for him and oh i guess it, it would only he'd only be eligible for the super max one year before the end of the contract if he went for the um the four plus one because you have to opt out of that last year you can only get it when you you have uh seven years of experience already seven or eight years of experience but still it's just a bad business decision by him yeah you're going to be loyal but you kind of cost yourself a lot of money here i'm not even talking about the freedom aspect which obviously matters too but you cost yourself a lot of money that's that's my biggest concern i wonder you know and, and it's again this is like the optics of loyalty where is this going to change how desmond Bade and jaron jackson and all them see their stuff is this going to get a great player to join the memphis grizzlies because they didn't exactly do any big swings in free agency slash you know trades using their cap space or financial flexibility so like i mean you have that and also front offices around the nba have to be jumping up and down that both i mean the situations are different but john morant and zion williamson didn't get player options because maybe the toothpaste is slightly back in the tube after donovan mitchell and jason tatum got player options that now in future years general managers could go to these really good players and say yeah we will hold the line on a player option look at what john morant did i wonder if they will consider it precedent devin booker also has no player option on his supermax that goes out another four years starting in the 24-25 season however carl towns does have a player option on his both of those guys initially signed for the straight five years and towns had more leverage than booker at the time now the situation is actually reversed so again it's you know maybe it's just good negotiating by the suns maybe oh we don't do player options maybe it was that on these deals and you're just all right they acquiesced and you know everything booker's like i want to be there so what does it matter but again like he could just be he's a pretty young guy like it's the player option is just a way to opt out and extend for longer and so that's part of the issue there even if you do say i want to be in phoenix the rest of my career or whatever Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types. And uh, Helix offers 20 unique matches. Every sleeps differently. And Helix matches are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences, hot or cold, side sleeper, back sleeper. So take that Helix sleep quiz, find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and it's shipped straight to your door, free of charge. It's no risk because... 
you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home. You're like, well, how should I order this if I can't sleep? I'm like, yeah, you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do I take my shoes off? Do I leave my shoes on? But then my feet kind of hang off the bed because I don't want to put my shoes on the bed. And is it weird that I'm laying here for more than 30 seconds? You can't tell anything under those circumstances. You might as well just order it, get it sent to your house, get that 100 night trial. They're 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model. And there's never been a better time to try a Helix Sleep mattress because they are offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace. Easier to slash capspace. We talk about it all the time here on the program. That's helixsleep.com slash capspace. This is their best offer yet. I can attest to that since I've been working with them for nine years. And it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Don't forget that slash capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What's going on in Philly with James Harden? We still haven't gotten the full formal answer on it, but it looks like Harden is going to sign a deal. We knew it was go- had to be small enough that the Sixers could use the non-taxpayer mid-level, which went to P.J. Tucker, and the biannual, which went to Daniel House. But it looks like it's going to be starting at around $32.5 million and be a one-plus one. And that means Harden has the ability to become a free agent next offseason slash you know, agree to a new contract. And what I find notable about this is there are a lot of different interpretations of what could happen after this, because it could be that you're just, you know, he was took less money to set these things up. He got better teammates and he's thrilled about that. And then the next contract is the next contract. You negotiate it fresh in 23. The alternate interpretation is that Harden did the Sixers a solid. They are a much cheaper team this year. They are also a much better team this year. But he can get his next year because by trading for Harden, which the Sixers did, they have his full board rights. And so that means they can bounce this all the way up to the 35% maximum in 23-24 should he opt out and they agree to it. So Derek Bodner wrote about this well on, on the Daily Six. And you could, you could and there are reasonable interpretations here. But Philly got a great deal for this year and their team is way better. I think their fans should be cognizant that the Piper may come calling here. Yeah, he may or he may not. James Arn has made plenty of money in his career. That's for darn sure. And he does have this relationship with Daryl. You know, is this going to be a Udonis Haslam thing where he took less in 2011 and then he took less again in 2014 and he's still on the roster <laughs> making minimum contracts nine years later? You, by the way, Udonis Haslam basically was last a rotation player in like 2011. <laughs> that was like the last year he was actually effective. That's hilarious. He's he's been he's gotten another eleven season. In, in any event, not that Harden's going to be playing for the minimum ten years from now. But like this deal is like kind of fair, Danny. I would say for the production that James Harden provides at this point in time. But of course, you have the anchoring of number one. You would think there was some kind of an agreement when he went there at the time of the trade, and of course that he made the forty-seven. He, he's going to make at. At least as of now, this one plus one would pay him $64 million over two years. You could have got 47 over one. But as you noted, we'll see what happens next year, particularly if they don't need to be hard-capped. And maybe Harden is just willing to go along here and really wants to win a championship. And if so, I, I certainly applaud that as we applauded Dirk Nowitzki, even though it didn't really work out that well for him in the end. You brought up Udonis Haslam, and we could talk about his former current TBD team, the Miami Heat, and the curiosity around the Martin Twins got a little bit more clarity where Cody Martin, who had a worse 21-22 than his identical twin brother Caleb, got more money. He got four for 32, whereas Caleb got three for 20. And part of that was because Caleb Martin, the Heat only had non-bird rights on him, whereas the the Hornets... They paid him literally the most that they could, and they gave him the most bells and whistles that they possibly could, too. Right. And and so that's the part of the story that we have now, is that Caleb Martin, the bells and whistles are very player-friendly. He got a player option. He got a 15% trade kicker. And so, yes, he is making less per season for a shorter period of time. However, his identical twin brother, getting four for 32, the final year of his contract is a non-guarantee. 
seed. So that means the Hornets could get out of it. That means that this could be 320 versus 324, which is, of course, a lot closer to even. And the player option has significant utility for Caleb Martin as well. So these contracts are, in actuality, much closer than they appeared in early July. Yeah, I probably would have rather had Caleb's contract, honestly, because given that they're 26... You mean as the as either Martin as the as the player, yeah. Because given that they're twenty six, you might want to get back on the market after two years at twenty eight. Cody is locked in until age thirty now, and he may be kind of done by then. And that'll be you won't have a chance to get another significant contract. Whereas Caleb might, and then if he gets traded, he got that fifteen percent trade bonus, so he gets up pretty close to that guaranteed number from Cody anyway. But the other interesting aspect of this, as you pointed out, is normally a restricted free agent there's a mechanism by which the team can always match any offer but because he'd only been on the team one year but he had a couple of years of experience before this and started the season on a two-way the heat all they could do was offer him the mini mid-level and so if a team had offered him more than that the heat literally could not have legally matched it and i think that's part of well why they, that's that they yeah. could have but they would have had to use the non-taxpayer mid-level which would have hard capped them and okay yeah I guess, I guess that's true yeah the Riley they really did not didn't want to want do, to do. Uh, or obviously you could have offered him 11 million which i don't think anyone's going to do but you could offer them that and then they couldn't have matched it it's great to be friends with the two-time reigning mvp vladko chanchar three years 6.8 million though the last year of that is a team option that jalen smith contract was in fact in the first year for the most that he could have possibly signed but he also got two more years on top of that with the last of them being a player option so and a 10 percent trade kicker not 15 percent of course it's a little well, surprising i guess here go ahead sorry well and think about think about that swing for jaylen smith remember there's reporting i believe was from jake fisher at the time that when they acquired jaylen smith the expectation was that indiana was going to try to move him again that they weren't particularly prioritizing him they have a billion centers though smith can play some power forward but apparently they liked him enough during that audition phase as they were you know kind of getting through the season to bring him back on a very player-friendly contract within the confines of what they could offer yeah, it is interesting. Maybe the Suns made the wrong decision in declining his option. I, I doubt he showed enough with the Pacers to where he might have been worth keeping around. And remember, they also picked up Tory Craig, who basically makes the same money as him in this year, what his last year option would have been, or third year option would have been. And you know, I think there's a chance that Smith could have helped them more than Craig this year. Not that Smith was like some great pick, obviously, but he showed something. He, he just wasn't and he would give them a different look at backup center which they haven't really had in some athleticism as well so interesting that they made a bad pick at 10 but then possibly compounded that by declining his option and then also trading him they could have maybe even just brought him back on this same deal i'm not sure that there would have been another deal out there for him although my guess would be that the outline of this deal at least was agreed to between smith and and the Pacers, when this deal was made, there's at least an understanding that, hey, if we're going to trade for you here, you're going to come back. But he must have had some other interests, you would think. And that's why he ended up getting some of these bells and whistles on the contract as well. We also found out that Dwayne Dedman in Miami, his second year is non-guaranteed. Not a huge surprise there. And then what was a bigger surprise was Tosh Gibson. So he got waived. We still don't have clarity, as you and I are recording this on Sunday evening, on exactly how the Knicks are going to add Jalen Brunson. It could be a signing. It could be a sign and trade. It doesn't appear to have bring a ton of value to the Knicks at this moment. Yeah. And, but, and Fred Katz reported, I don't know if you saw this, that it, everything he's hearing indicates that it'll just be a cap space signing. Yeah. That that makes the that makes the most sense given what the Knicks have done. It's not like there's somebody they could, you know, there isn't really a way to get a lot more out of this for them. And so they waived Taj Gibson, which I don't think they had to had to do. And so one of the ideas was he has this non-guaranteed, you know, about $5 million deal was that you waive him, he clears waivers, and then you bring him back for the minimum, which for Gibson is not dramatically less than that non-guaranteed amount. But for the Knicks, it's it's cheaper because you if you do a one-year deal or even if you do a, like we give him a second year. But instead, Taj Gibson is not going back to the Knicks. He is going to the Washington Wizards to join their overloaded front court rotation. And it seems like part of the reason that happened is because the Knicks had other designs on that depth big spot. Yeah, Jericho Sims was on a two-year two-way and looked pretty good towards the end of last year.
last year as they had a little mini renaissance and won a bunch of games that cost them draft position for no reason and these look pretty good in summer league as well he's been switchable his hands have gotten better his finishing around the rim have gotten better as well as rim protection like he is a nuclear athlete off of two feet so my guess would be this might be the front office taking the club out of the bag with Taj Gibson and so Tibbs will have Sims as the third center although they already have two other centers <laughs> with Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein it's so hilarious to me Danny that Robinson and Hartenstein who we're going back and forth on of like who is the better center signing both ended up on the same team that was just crazy to me but maybe one of those guys will end up getting traded if Sims can develop and he's on a two or sorry a three-year deal now and about half guaranteed according to Fred Katz some reporting also, out of yeah go ahead sorry yo you go go uh some reporting out of Houston by Kelly Eco the Rockets have received and ignored Kenyon Martin Jr.'s trade request essentially the front office's position according to Eco is hey we that's what the point of this rebuild is we got a bunch of guys and sink or swim <laughs> we're gonna and I think I'm sure if they really had a good offer out there you know a first round pick or something for Kenny Martin Jr. that they might be interested in that but you don't want to set the precedent of yeah okay sure we'll just deal you now like no the whole point of having all these guys is we're gonna see who pops and we're gonna go with them and like you're just gonna have to compete on a yearly basis and yeah you know what you are behind Jabari and you are behind Jay Sean Tate but we might want to trade Jay Sean Tate or maybe Jabari doesn't work out or you know I doubt though they would determine that within two years but I think they don't want to set the precedent of oh there's too many guys at my position we'll just trade you right now and perhaps that might be a reason why young prospects don't necessarily want to go to Houston going forward here we'll see where Houston ends up in the draft this year and how good all these young guys look but they've got prospects at basically every position now and so they may draft over the top of some of those guys maybe they won't be that good we'll see who they end up getting in the draft next year etc and and to tie in with that there is also to me an obligation from the Rockets to actually give KJ Martin a chance like the because I mean not only all the guys you mentioned but also Usman Garuba who is unfortunately missing summer league due to an ankle injury his natural position I think of as power forward and so he's going to work into that mix as well and so if you give him a chance and he delivers and then you could say the corresponding thing is if you give him a chance he delivers but then you play less accomplished players over him then maybe you consider going in a different direction uh there was some eric gordon reporting in that eco piece as well right yeah and this is always a little bit dicey that supposedly there have been first round picks on the table for eric gordon that they've turned down and they're happy going into the season with them now eric gordon for his part has said yeah i'm happy being here if you make a commitment to me i.e guarantee my salary for 23 24 of 21 million and it'll be a cold day in hell before the rockets do that i'm guessing his guarantee date is 628 and this would be his age 35 season we're talking about and the Rockets are hoarding some cap space they could have 73 million in cap space next year so there's no reason to plug that up with Gordon particularly if he gets hurt at this point in time now maybe they would even keep him around all year and then guarantee him for next year and then trade him if he still uh, has value but uh, and I'm guessing part of the reason that he hasn't been traded is if indeed that is correct that those first round pick offers have come a the pick wasn't that good and b it it required them to take back salary through next year which they don't want to do because they i think they are planning on having this be the last year that they're going to suck and they it's a free agent destination like this is not okc this is not utah this has been a place where guys have wanted to be and turning this group into a contender given how young they are and then they're going to add another pick that could be top five next year that's a little early for all that but they could always of course just continue rolling this space over without any big veteran contracts going forward but they definitely don't want to encumber themselves for next year would be my guess at this point in time not that it's some like unbelievable free agent class next year but also they could get someone in a trade and not having to take back salary would be very useful another franchise valuing their flexibility for 2023 is the orlando magic and we already talked about gary harris's final year so he signed a two-year deal being non-guaranteed and it is the same for mo bamba he signed a two-year 21 million dollar deal but so the second year so that means that in terms of fully guaranteed contracts 
right now, and this will change when they pick up the options for Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner and presumably Cole Anthony and potentially Chubo KK and RJ Hampton. Right now, at the moment we are recording this podcast, the only two fully guaranteed contracts for the Orlando Magic, as far as we know, Caleb Houston might join that group, are Wendell Carter Jr. and Paolo Bancaro. Bancaro, sorry. They are the, yeah. those are Bancaro, the Bancaro, it's Italian. Bancaro. Bancaro. Now, I, I've been trying, I've been saying Bancaro, it's Bancaro. I gotta just drill that into my head. I, I am banning the pronunciation of Bon Caro from this podcast now. Will this matter for the Orlando Magic? We'll have to see. Of course, they have been, it's been a while since they've been really courting for agents, but they do have that history going back all the way to Tim Duncan, if we want to go that far of the almost possibilities or of course, Grant Hill. And so, well, you know, 2023 is a weird year. And if they, if they show some positive signs and also Orlando, something I like about what Jeff Weltman and the staff have done there is that it's a lot more flexible, you know, like, so they could just keep a lot of these guys. They have these down guarantees, but you could even even convert some of them and you know like pick it up and trade them or do something else depending on how this season goes gary harris in particular could be noble there or you could use them in trades to take on stuff so there's a degree of flexibility there that i think is valuable and on kind of the flexibility front something that masai ujiri has been more aggressive doing that a lot of other teams have not yet followed is giving light but significant partial guarantees to presumably induce players to at least go into camp with the raptors and the newest of that line is dj wilson dj wilson got a two-year vet minimum deal, but 250000 of that is guaranteed. So he will get a chance to presumably make the Raptors in camp. And if you remember last year, Sam Decker and Isaac Bonga, and I believe a few others had that kind of thing. And Delano Banton, I think his contract is partially guaranteed for this year. So the opportunity cost for the, I think teams should do this more often, especially if they're not butting up against the tax, because you are going to potentially pay, almost inevitably pay some players a meaningful amount of money to not play for you but if that 250 dollars get 250,000 i apologize gets players in the door then you might be choosing from a better crop of players at a pretty small overall cost yeah i think so and also just getting good players in camp and having that competitive battle i, I think has some value for your team as well we skipped over this when we were talking about memphis with jaw John Conchar, very interesting extension, three-year extension, $6.2 million per year, but Conchar had two years left still on his deal at 2.3 this year, 2.4 next year. Those were non-guaranteed. Was there a team option on that last year? Is that what happened? Did he decline that option, or is this on top of those last two years? I think it's on top of the last two years. It doesn't kick in until 24-25, right? My notes had it that Conchar's final season was non-guaranteed rather than an option, so I'm guessing that's going to be just guaranteed as a part of this but that's it could be a little bit nebulous but i do think it's three new years well and i mean i think the more fascinating takeaway from this rather than the i mean the structure as a part of it is does this mean that zach Kleiman sees john conchar as a part of taylor jenkins rotation this year because giving a guy an extension multiple years out when their place within your roster is unclear is extremely unusual especially for somebody who's not extraordinarily young where it's not just like oh we're locking this guy up for these years and we know we know he's going to be good yeah so in fact it is going to be per uh keith smith keith smith at, at spotrack going to be three years starting in the 24 25 season so this is another one of these similar to terrence mann similar to daniel gafford where guys are getting extensions on top of two years at very minimal money that they had left so this could only be done this offseason and so this goes out now the maximum five years the two years remaining on his contract plus the three in addition and that's his age 28 29 and 30 seasons again the last two of these will be after the new cap comes in or after the new tv deal in 25 26 i think it's just hey this is a guy who can play he's been around the fringes of our rotation and this amount of money is not a ton so he's a good player we can probably trade him on this deal as well although he'll be limited in trade for six months but they could move him at the deadline if they wanted to and he's been effective for us we think his shooting is improving he's a rugged defender so he we've he's an older guy we think this will be a good contract for him particularly given where the cap is headed so let's just lock him up for now and also reward a guy in our young core and i think this is this whole idea of like all right hey you can't pay anyone right like Brandon Clark is going to be extension eligible this year. He's going to be looking for a lot more than Conchar got. This is a chance to keep a guy around the lower end of your rotation. Maybe if he's not playing, it's not the end of the world, but he can step in and be a decent defender on the wing and shoot some threes and and get some offensive rebounds, score inside. 
So this can lock him in at that kind of fringe of the rotation role at money that's not like too damaging to what they're overall trying to do. And they may get at a point where they need cheap contributors. On that point, remember that this is so far out that the league's finances could look very different at this point. Like this could be a real value contract. And for Conchar, these will be his, the three new years. That's his age 28, 29, and 30 seasons. Yeah. I mean, we could be at a point where even the one year subsidized minimum will be like $3 million on the book by the time the new TV deal kicks in. And we talked about Taj going to the Wizards already, right? Well, we did, but we didn't really talk about it much from the perspective of Washington. It was more from the Knicks. And so for for the Wizards, a a defensively capable depth center, and I mean, they already have Gafford, and depending on what in the world they see with Kristaps Porzingis, whether Shepard and Wes Unsell Jr. see him as a four or a five or some sort of hybrid of the two, they also, you know, maybe they see Vernon Carey as part of it, but I I mean, for Taj, this is a a potential place where he can at least get some minutes um, when they're shorthanded, but it could even be he gets some minutes at full strength. Yeah, between Porzingis and Gafford, it seems like they've got center mostly taken care of. But if they want to play Porzingis at the four, I, I guess that's a, an option. They they also have a, a lot of fours, though. And don't forget about Vernon Carey, Daniel. He's out there. Let's quickly go through the remaining free agents here. And it won't take long. Eric Bledsoe, we haven't heard anything about a destination for him yet. He would be at the top of my point guard heap. Same with Kemba Walker, actually. I haven't heard anything about him either. This is Both of those are guys who may just, there's a feeling that this KD thing might happen and then they'll end up somewhere or not rajon rondo dj augustin also out there as well michael carter williams i'm not sure what his health situation is he got waived last year not much out there beyond that Harden, it, it's very it, it's very slim pickings at the two yeah. i mean you you i mean technically Harden hasn't signed but i don't think we're going to count that uh, Danny Green was on the sideline for the Grizzlies during summer league on Sunday. I, you know, he's had that partial guarantee with a late guarantee date. I don't think of him as a free agent. So it's really like Austin Rivers and Frank Jackson. Come on down. Yeah, Jackson has team option declined by the Pistons. Although they, he could still, in theory, go back there. They have the Pistons have their room exception that they could. Oh, and, and we should also mention the lingering in the lingering restricted free agency of Colin Sexton, of course. Oh, it's lingering. And you know, a few other guys, Ben McLemore, PJ Dozier is supposed to be healthy coming off the torn acl jeremy lamb jared culver josh jackson yeah, we're pretty much done there what about uh, on the forward lines i mean there isn't really much left i mean what would you say like i mean at the three it's more a decision of whether andre guadal is actually going to play next year yeah and me i mean you and i love abdel nader but we know that his value around the league isn't as strong and power forward it's probably wancho maybe carmelo yeah wancho is probably the the one guy that i would actually be kind of targeting among that group and, and again those are the those are the unrestricted miles bridges we've talked about his situation at length before he is also on the restricted market as of now yeah son Whiteside is probably your best center at this point in time mantras harrell has his own legal issues uh, got arrested i think he had like a bunch of weed in his trunk like pounds worth um taj gibson he's uh, got waived but then immediately signed the wizards demarcus is out there still you know, it seems pretty clear he's not going back to the nuggets at this point in time and the marcus aldridge actually played well enough last year to me to have a job like he had the hip issue but he was hitting a ton of mid-rangers early in the season like he could be helping a team potentially i don't know if he wants to go play somewhere for the minimum that's not a sensible championship contender and then of course there's also the saga of one deandre eaton out there as well so that will do it for today if we don't get some news we'll get into some other content kind of starting to look back on this offseason a little bit later in the week uh, we'll still be doing spotify live as well this week so look out for that gonna be watching a bunch of summer league got about at least a, a week before we can start summing up summer league because we want to wait until we've seen all of the action before we draw sweeping conclusions that'll surely determine with 100 accuracy the rest of these rookies careers from summer league but lots of interesting stuff coming up here and hope you'll continue to enjoy it as we get into the off season we'll talk to you all soon Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 